Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are in part two of our current study, Spiritual Warfare and the Ruler of This World. And today, I will be gleaning from a commentary written for Bible study tools entitled, Spiritual Warfare, Understanding the Battle. In this highly charged prophetic time on the earth, spiritual warfare has increased with aggressive intensity. The people of God are coming under fierce attacks from every side, and our faith is being challenged by demonic forces that are pressing in on us with a determined intent to make us fall. Jesus warned us that this time would come, but assured us that we must not fear, for the battle is already won, and we are already victorious in him. Even though there are many enemies of Satan, both demon spirits and human beings, that do his bidding, the word of God confirms our confidence of victory in his power. In 1 John 4, 4, we read that, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And while that victory over all the schemes of the enemy is already guaranteed by the Lord's finished work on the cross and his glorious resurrection power over sin and death, unless the believer understands and walks in the authority of that glorious provision, they may succumb to the fear, oppression, and weakness that, while not affecting their salvation security, can diminish their effectiveness and witness as God's ambassadors in the world. And this is where I'll pick up with a commentary, Spiritual Warfare, Understanding the Battle, where they write, To understand the battle of spiritual warfare, we need to begin with acknowledging that we are in a war. Battles make up smaller components of the bigger picture, and by definition, battles involve combat between persons, between factions, between armies, and they consist of any type of extended contest, struggle, or controversy. As Christians, we are in a spiritual battle of some sort on a daily basis. In earthly warfare, battles are fought on different fronts for different reasons and with varying degrees of intensity. The same is true in spiritual warfare. Our spiritual battles and warfare are real, even though we cannot physically see the attacker. But we can educate ourselves on how the battles are fought and how they impact our lives on a daily basis. We all have an innate sense that there is more than what the eye can see. However, since we do not see it, we often fail to believe in it. If we do not believe in it, then we cannot be aware of all that is going on, for and against us. Whether we choose to believe in the existence of spiritual beings does not change the fact of their existence and their activities. The Bible is filled with references to the heavenly realm that is invisible to our eyes physically, yet very real in its existence. 
While we believe with the eyes of our heart, there have been others who are able to see with their physical eyes as well into the spiritual realm. We are given examples of this biblical reality in 2 Kings 6, 11-17 and Daniel 10, 7-17. These two scriptural accounts represent two different scenarios of activity that are still taking place in the invisible realm around us today. God allowed these men to bridge the gap in the physical realm, to see into the realm of the spiritual. The Lord opened the eyes of Elijah's servant to see the host of God's army. His spiritual eyes were opened to see into the spiritual warfare around him. And only Daniel saw the angel standing before him as everyone else felt the terror and fled from the scene. Daniel was granted an access to see, hear, and speak spiritually, and was able to communicate with God's angel. These examples clearly demonstrate the workings of an invisible spiritual realm around us. The Lord is with us and provides for us through His angels as He chooses. Our Savior loves us and protects us physically as He works all things out spiritually. However, we must be extremely careful of not delving into this place with wrong motives as some do. The Bible explicitly warns against the practice of spiritual fascinations that take us into the enemy's darkened kingdom unprotected. Just as the agents of God exist in this invisible place, so do the agents of Satan, and these demonic forces want to lure us into their deceptions of power and supernatural activities. Witchcraft, horoscopes, and psychic phenomenon have captivated many people in the demonic and deadly web of Satan's forces. Jesus declared that for his true believers, the gates of hell would not prevail against us, and we are equipped in our daily battles with that guaranteed assurance. However, we do hit opposition to that eternal truth from every side as the ruler of this world attempts to besiege us. That is why we must continue to keep our eyes fixed on our Savior and the power and authority He has bestowed upon us as His legitimate born-again offspring. And as we live, move, and have our being in Him, it is important to remember that we war not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. As we begin to take hold of that spiritual revelation, we will begin to understand how the enemy moves against us in the physical realm. Job is the perfect example of a spiritual conflict that was manifested in the realm of the physical. He was a real human being living here on the earth, but the Bible gives a clear look at what was happening concerning Job's life in the spiritual realm. God looked upon Job as a righteous man because of his faith in Jehovah. But because Satan wanted to prove God wrong, Job became the victim of Satan's attacks. His family, finances, and home were destroyed, and his health came under attack. His friends also turned against him. Job experienced very real physical and circumstantial conflicts because of the activities that were going on in the spiritual realm. But he was a victor throughout the trial, even though in times of discouragement and bewilderment he could not readily see that. But at the exact and appointed time, 
God opened his eyes to see his Redeemer. And that victory was realized both in the spiritual and physical realms, with the Lord restoring double to Job of all the enemy had stolen from him. In chapter 17 of the book of John, Jesus prayed the high priestly prayer, in which he underscores that his legitimate children are no longer of this world, even as he is not of this world. The Greek word used for world in that passage is cosmos, and it is defined as the sum total of the material universe and the sum total of persons living in the world. The world is where people dwell in the physical sense, so the pattern of this world refers to how people collectively choose to live on the earth. We as believers are told not to conform to the norms of how others live, but to live to please God, who is not of this world. Jesus said in John seventeen fourteen to 16 I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Therefore, we are called to live in the world, but not to be part of it. After reading John 17, it becomes clear that since we are in the world but not of the world, we are going to have conflicts. Those conflicts are what compose spiritual warfare because the enemy's demonic forces that are controlling the world under the power of Lucifer, its ruler, are in complete conflict with the God of all creation. We, as born-again believers, are now the legitimate children of God. Thus, as the world is in conflict with God, it is also in conflict with us. The prayer of John 17 expresses the heart of Jesus, who with love and compassion equips us for battle, knowing that we will face many struggles in this world because the world hates those who follow him. And although we are no longer of this world, we are yet still living in it. And as we sojourn here, we are called by our Lord and Savior to be a witness for Him in salvation's truth. This is a miraculous calling, and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to fulfill it. It also takes training to discern between the ways of God and the ways of the world. Because we were born into this world, we can easily default to thinking according to it. Therefore, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds to fully comprehend the thoughts and ways of God, for they are much higher than ours. We constantly need to crucify our natural inclinations and desires to receive all that the Lord has for us. In Romans 12, 1-2, we read Paul's words of admonition. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul knew the deep struggles of desiring to do good, but constantly failing in the efforts of one's own strength. He lived firsthand the battle in which the flesh wars against the spirit, but had come to the victorious remedy which he passionately proclaims in Galatians 
I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. This is a powerful revelation that we too must take hold of, for it will equip and empower us as we face the many battles the enemy brings against us. God's divinely imparted gifts are far greater than the world's fleeting and vain-filled counterfeits. For His heavenly endowments are filled with love, joy, and the peace that passes understanding. Above all, His amazing gift of grace, which has ensured eternal life to the one who will believe and receive this awesome provision, is unmatchable to any empty and vain offering of the enemy, which may tantalize for the moment but in the end leads only to death. And this is where we must pause for today, beloved. Please join me next time. And until then, I leave you with 1 John 2:17. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. And for always, beloved, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com. Dot agape light ministries dot com.